Amen. Well, God is so good. We've been um, on a, a series on, on love. Amen. Amen. And of course, Yin ministered the first message on love and talked about that, that God really wants a relationship with us and, and that um, he's here for each one of us. Amen. You believe that today? Amen. That God is here for you and he's here with us. And, um, and so he wants a relationship. And God and Jesus, actually, Yin mentioned about Jesus and different stories about Jesus connecting with different people in the Bible, how Jesus was very interested in developing relationships with each one of the people in the Bible, different people he, he talked to and um, like uh, different people that wanted to uh, know who he was and he had an interest in people. You know, Jesus has an interest in us. Amen. And then, of course, last week we talked about what love got to do with And I know you probably checked out that uh, an old video of Tina Turner. And uh, probably not, but uh, that was based on the message that, that love has everything to do with our relationship with God. Do you believe that today? Amen. And so we really need to get a revelation of God's love for us. And um, I think when we get rooted and grounded in God's love for us, it doesn't matter what's going on out, out there. Amen. It doesn't matter what people are saying about you. As long as you get rooted and grounded in God's love, it, what matters is what God's saying about you. Amen. Uh, you know, I'm going to say this, that um, the fear of man brings a snare. That's what the Bible says. And you see, we don't need to be, be afraid of man or have fear of men, but we should have a godly reverence for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I think that we, everybody wants to be liked. Don't get me wrong. We should have a good testimony. The Bible says have a good testimony with those in the church and with those outside the church. So we have to have some balance here. I mean, you don't want to be the meanest Christian on the world and don't care what people think. But what I'm saying is that we have to, we need to care about what God thinks more than what, what people think. Amen. Amen. And we need to walk in the love of God. And, um, you know, if, if you're looking at society today, you'll find out that nobody wants to be controversial. Everybody, nobody wants to, you know, stand up for anything. Everybody wants to, you know, the world, the world wants to be just neutral in all matters. But, you know, the Bible isn't neutral in all matters. Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. And the Bible is very clear on a lot of different subjects. And, and we have to, you know, as Christians, we're going to have to stand for righteousness. Because if you don't stand for what's right, you'll fall for anything that's wrong. And so we have to stand with God's word. And, you know, as Christians, you know, it's not our opinion, like I say all the time. It's God's word. And you have to stand with God. Amen. Amen. And if God doesn't see, I always say it this way. You got to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Amen. And so it's God. God's uh, word is above, you know, our feelings or how we look at it. It's his word. And we have to put his word foremost. He has to be number one in our lives. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about love. And last week we talked about a little bit about how we need to view people. We need to walk in love towards people. The Bible says this way. Jesus said this, that um, you need to love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said this to a, a lawyer that was trying to trip him. He, the lawyers asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And the greatest commandment is loving God, but also is loving each other. So really, we need to love God and love people. And that's what we're called to do. And, you know, the Bible says it this way. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. 
And sometimes I think that we can beat people up and tell them they're going to burn and go to hell, and that's going to turn them towards God. And maybe at times it might, but you really need to walk in love towards people. And in a loving way, let them know they're going to go to hell. Amen. <laughs> and uh, if they don't get Jesus in their equation. Amen. And uh, I'd rather, I, you know, I'd rather somebody be honest with me and be hard than be soft and lie. How many people would rather have honesty and be a little strong than soft and not really be too uh, honest? Because I want honesty. And, you know, a lot of people in this day, in this society, we're, we're looking at political correctness and, you know, don't say anything that will hurt anybody's feelings. You know, we now you have kids that play, you know, starting off playing soccer or baseball and everybody gets an award. And there's no losers and all winners. But, you know, that's not the way life is. And you're going to, you know, the people that even the Bible, even Jesus talked about this, that, you know, there's going to be different degrees of rewards in heaven. Not everybody's going to be getting the same rewards. Um, If you can study this out with with um, Cain and Abel, you can find out that uh, Abel was blessed, but Cain wasn't blessed by his giving. And so you can see that there's a right way of doing things with God, and then there's a wrong way with doing things with God. Even us being in a new covenant, there is a right way of us living and walking upright before God, and there's a wrong way. Uh, The Bible even says, don't think too highly of yourself as you ought, but think soberly, for God has allotted every man the measure of faith. And so we need to think soberly. The Bible actually says this, don't get so high and mighty about your position in God and look down on other people, especially Jews. If we're looking down on Jewish people, the Bible says, you know, they were, uh, you know, we were engrafted into the tree and, um, and God can, you know, because the, the Jewish people have rejected God for the, for the most part, we do have Jewish Christians, uh, Jewish people that, that believe in God. They're the Messianic Jews. But for the most part, most of the Jewish nation doesn't believe that Jesus is the, the Messiah. And, uh, but we don't need to get so high and mighty because the Bible actually says that, you know, God can take us back out of the tree. So anyway, so we need to walk in love towards everybody. And so this morning I'm trying to get this across to you. This, my main point, what I want to get across to you is that God loves you with an everlasting love. And I think... That, you know, I know the Old Testament, it's a covenant of love. That's going to be the title of this sermon. And, you know, God has made a covenant with mankind. And we have a, in the Bible, it's, it's separated. You have the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, or you could say the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament is based on the promises of Jesus. Thank God for that. And the Old Covenant was based on a promise that God made to the Israelites and made to them, and that Old Covenant was based on a sacrificial system dealing with um, sacrifice uh, with animals to cover their sins and for them to walk upright before God. I thank God that we're not under the old system any longer. I thank God that we're under a new system, a new covenant, which is based on better promises. 
And I think sometimes when we serve God, we, we kind of serve God under an old system, old law mentality system, but we're under really a new system based on better promises, based on the blood of Jesus. And sometimes we tend to go back to an old system. There's denominations that try to operate sort of under an old system way of doing things. But you know, the new system is based on faith and love. The old system was based on works and then the animals covering the, their sins. And, and that was an old system. We're not under the old system anymore. We're under a new system. And then this is where you get the world gets kind of confused. They, th they put the whole Bible together as one book and it is all one book. And you get the you get some of these people that don't believe in God put, you know, try and say, well, you know, if God says you cannot, you know, do this in the Old Testament, then that's for the New Testament. But they don't understand that the New Testament is based on different rules and di different ways. And and so you get the you get the world that will try to mix in. Even the world will try to mix in the old with the new. But you're under a new covenant today. And it's, it's a covenant based on the blood of Jesus. Even when Abraham, you know, when he was, you know, picked by God, Abraham was picked by God to, he, God called him out of his family to bring him into a relationship with him. And let's look at something here because we need to look at the Abrahamic covenant this morning. And, and it was a good covenant based on, on good promises. And, uh, you know, the Old Testament was not a bad uh, covenant. You know, the Old Testament is called the Old Covenant. But it wasn't, it wasn't a bad way to live. They had a good system going back in the Old Testament. You know, they had a sacrifice system. They had a system that, that dealt with them walking in health and healing and prosperity. That's all in the Old Testament. But it was based on obeying God's Word. And uh, it's similar to the New Testament. We need to obey God's Word. We just need to line up with God's Word. Look at Genesis 12. And let's look at this because, you know, the Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And that curse is threefold. It's, it's spiritual death first and foremost. You're redeemed from spiritual death. Amen. Somebody say amen on that. Amen. Which means that when you die, you're not going to go to hell. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We're redeemed from going to hell. Amen. Uh, it means that we're going to go to heaven. Praise the Lord. You, Lord. And so we're redeemed from, you know, poverty. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. That's the part of the curse. Uh, the Bible talks about this in Genesis that when man, uh, when man sinned, the curse came on mankind and God told and told Adam and this was in mankind that he's going to have to work by the sweat of his brow and that he's going to toil all his life. Do you know we don't have to toil today? Oh, praise God. Do you know God's blessing can be upon you? You don't have to work like that and try to toil in your own strength. But the power of God, you can believe God and God can open the doors. God can reveal truth. God can move on people, give you favor, glory to God. You know, you don't have to toil. The world toils, but Christians don't have to toil, praise God. Christians don't have to try to burn the candle at both ends because it won't make you any brighter. Hallelujah. So we don't need to be burning the candle at both ends, trying to work two jobs and all that. Now, I, that's very commendable, and I'm not against you working a lot of hours, but that, that, that's not the way we should do it as Christians. And God can give you a promotion. God can bless you. God can give you open doors. He can give you favor. Hallelujah. 
And so we need to understand this, that we have a covenant of prosperity, and that's wrapped up in Jesus, and we don't have to toil, praise the Lord, but we can just believe God. And if you just believe God, it's a covenant of faith, it's a covenant of love. And we have to believe God. So in Genesis, you know, it's nothing that Abraham had to believe the same thing that we're believing today. Abraham had to believe it. And Abraham was called out of his, out of his family to go to a place he didn't know where he was going. And, but God was going to lead him and guide him. He was looking for a city that had no walls, praise God, which is heaven, a heavenly city. But look at Genesis 12 here. And it says here, now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you. Underline that I will bless you and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in, in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him. And Lot went with him. Praise God. And he was at 75 years of old age. So we see this here, that when you look at this, the Bible actually says in the book of Galatians that the same promises that God gave Abraham belongs to us. Can I get an amen there? And so see here, it's saying here that God, want, you know, he said, I'm calling you out and I'm going to make your name great. Do you think God wants to make your name great? That's a question you might need to ask you. If the old covenant is a good covenant, what, what do you think of the new covenant? It's, it's a better covenant based on better promises. Listen, you can't, you cannot, listen, if you give glory to God, God's going to give you glory back. Okay. You can't outgive God. Amen. You can't, you know, you can, you lift up the name of Jesus and you start lifting up the name of Jesus, your name's going to be lifted up. Amen. Amen. We're not in this to have our names lifted up, but when you lift up Jesus' name, Jesus lifts your name up. When you lift up the kingdom of God, he'll lift up your kingdom. Okay. Man, I'm preaching this morning. So see, we kind of think, no, 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 we don't want to take any glory. No, 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 no. God gets all the glory. Yeah, but he puts glory back on us. He has crowned us with glory and honor. What about that? What about that scripture? What are you going to do with that one? Uh, no, no, I don't. Listen, you give God glory. He's going to give you glory back. Jesus, when he was praying uh, in John, the gospel of John, chapter 17, he was he was praying. The, the, it's called the priestly prayer. And he was praying to, the, to God, his Father. He was praying about, about us, that, we, that he was receiving us into the kingdom. He was talking about how he kept the disciples, except the son of perdition. And then Jesus said, glorify me with the glory that I had. As I glorify you, glorify me. As we glorify God, he glorifies us back. Amen. Listen, you cannot, listen... There's, there's no people in poverty. You, you'll never find anybody that worships God ever will end up in poverty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no. The Bible says that those who worship God will never go hungry. Amen. You cannot. It's an impossibility. You start putting God first place in your life and you start exalting him. There's no way you can go down. 
I was, can I say that again? Because some of you aren't convinced. Uh, you know, it's no way you can go down by putting God first place in your life. There's no way you can go down by putting his kingdom first. There's no way you can go down by having Jesus in your boat. Remember that story when Jesus was in the boat? He said, let's go to the other side. And the storm came upon the boat. And, and Peter and the other apostles were there. They were disciples at that time. And the, the rain and the storm was coming. And Jesus was sleeping on a pillow down in the ship. And, and then they started screaming, Jesus, do you care that we perish? Remember that? And then Jesus got up, you know, woke up and said, where's your faith? Where's your faith? No, our faith has to be in God. Our faith has to be in Jesus. Our faith has to be in the word of God. You know, this day, what the enemy's trying to do is get people in fear, get people afraid. But we serve a great God. Amen. We serve a awesome God. Yes. Some of us may have heard about France and, you know, it seemed like it was on every, you know, big, you know, news station out there. And, you know, and France is under attack. France is under attack. Oh, my, what are we going to do? You know, and they found out it was like seven people, seven guys. It wasn't like an army. It was seven guys. I believe it was six or seven people that, that did some ruckus and killed some people. But, you know, it, was only, it wasn't like a big army that came against France. And now the whole world is like, oh, what are we going to do next? ISIS is so big. No, God is bigger. Amen. God is bigger than ISIS. God is bigger than a few people. You see, the enemy, listen, the devil always wants to look big. He wants to look badder. He wants to, he wants, you know, it's like yin and yang. You ever, you ever heard of yin and yang? You know, it's, it, it, it's like, uh, it's, it's the opposite. You've got good and evil, yin and yang. And, uh, and it's like, it's like the equal opposite. But there, no, good is always bigger than evil. Amen. Light will always overcome darkness. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The devil, is, the, the creator will always uh, trump the creation. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we, we, get these, we get these reports and it almost seems like the devil's winning. The devil's not winning. He's not winning. He's not, you know, we just need to stand in our authority and who we are and what we have and what we can do in him. Amen. You know, the enemy wants us to you know, get in our houses, not get out anywhere, make everybody afraid. Listen, I, listen, I'm not going to be afraid. The Bible says fear not. Fear not. We don't need to be in fear. That's right. We got the great I am abiding on the inside of us. Does anybody out here, do you believe there's anything bigger than God? The Bible actually says there's nobody, there's nothing bigger than God. Amen. Look at Psalms 44. We'll get back to this covenant thing. But, but we need to get a revelation that God is big, that God is the biggest thing out here. There's nothing bigger than God. Amen. Let's go to, it's Isaiah. I think I said Psalms. Let's go to Isaiah 44. Look at this. God is a big God. He's, he's huge. He's, he's powerful. He's all powerful, almighty. Yes. He, he's everywhere. Yes. All the time. He's a big God. Somebody say he's a big God. He's a big God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Amen. Look at, look at this. 
Look at Isaiah 44. Look at verse 6 here. I got, probably made you a little nervous. It took me a couple seconds to get there. <laughs> Pastor just shut down. Praise God. What happened? Hey, man, look at verse 6. I have to run, run down here, you know, read, touch base. Look at this. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, His Redeemer is the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. Amen? Since I appointed the ancient people. So he's saying here, he's saying, basically another translation says, if there's a God, I don't know about it. If there's another God besides me that's as powerful as me, as big as me, can do what I can do, I don't know of him. In other words, there's no other, you're not going to discover another God out there that's as big and bad as God Almighty. He's the, he's the mighty God. Amen. He's the magnificent God. Yes. He's the great I am. Yes. When he introduced himself to, to, to Moses, Moses said, well, who do I say? You know, they're not going to listen to me, God. When he was speaking to Moses about delivering the people uh, of Egypt out of, you know, the Israelites out of Egypt. And, uh, you know, he said, who do I say? Send me. You know, God said, tell them I am that sent you. What does that mean? I am that whatever you need me to be, that's what God was saying. I am your provider. I, I am your protection. I am whatever you need me to be. And we need to start understanding that God is the great I am. No matter what may be coming down the pike, no matter what you may be encountering today, no matter what problem you may be encountering, God's bigger than those things. And we need to start exalting God over those things. God's bigger than your sin. Oh, man, now I'm going there. Now I'm going somewhere. What, Pastor? I can't seem to get over this little sin. That's right. It's a little sin. God's a big God. Amen. You know, his blood's bigger than any sin that you've been dealing with lately. Hallelujah. His blood's bigger than that sin. We need to understand the bigness of God. We need to understand the bigness of His promises. His promises will trump any problem that we deal with. Hallelujah. I'm spraying it more than I'm saying it, and I'm excited about it anyway. Amen. So God is saying here, if there's another God, I don't know of Him. And make Himself known. So we think, you know, and the devil tries to, you know, walk around like he's big and bad, like he's a roaring lion. The Bible, you know, the Bible says he, he acts like a roaring lion. Lion. And, but, you know, Jesus is the, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Glory to God. Amen. Are you hear what I say? Jesus is much more bigger and badder than any fallen angel. Yes, Amen? Yes. So no matter what you may be encountering, you know, we need to start magnifying the bigness of God. If you want to fall in love with God, you need to magnify Him. That's point number one. We need to start magnifying God. Yes. Every day yes. we get up. That's why we worship God. Why? Yes. To magnify Him. Hallelujah. To magnify His bigness. Yes. The bigger that God is in your equation, the more faith you're going to walk in. Amen. You're not, you know, if you're walking in a little fear, a little doubt, a little unbelief about the future, then God's not big enough in your equation. 
you have you have brought God down to to a to a, to a small smaller you know you you've equaled God. Sometimes the devil's bigger than God for, uh, for some of us. Well, I'm not. I don't know about that, Pastor. I believe that God's a big God. Then why do you keep talking about your problems? What? Well, you keep saying that your problems seem to be, you know, you're going through this, you're going through that, and you're going through this, you're going through that. You're, you're exalting the problem over God's bigness. Amen. What, Pastor Noah? Well, you know I got some problems, you know. Yeah, but you got some promises, too, and they're yes and amen. Yes, amen. Say so. The promises are better and bigger than the problems you're dealing with. Yes. Hello. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yes. So we need to magnify that. You know, I, you know, whenever Israel, whenever you read the Old Testament and you find out Israel was in trouble and there were armies coming against Israel, what they would do a lot of times, they would proclaim, well, sometimes they would proclaim a fast and there was fast and they were fast and pray. And what they were saying is in their fasting and their prayer, they were exalting God. They, they were bringing themselves down to a lower level and bringing God up to a higher level. That's why we fast and pray. We want to exalt God. And then they would exalt God. And a lot of times their prayers would be like this. Well, God, you are big God. You got us out of Egypt. You got us out of these things. You've done all these miracles. These people are trying to get us out of your inheritance. And you know, you're big. And God said, well, you know, I am big. You know? And then God would just reveal something to a prophet and say, listen, you're not going to need a fight in this battle. And I'm going to be with you. And just send out the praise and worship team before you. What? God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Shouldn't we get our biggest and baddest warriors? No, no. Get, get the praise and worship team and get them praising and worshiping God. There's one story where, where, Israel, where Israel was under attack by three different armies. Right? And then God didn't say, well, get all the crack troops, you know, get all the... Well, anyway, crack pots. But anyway, get, get somebody that has some blind faith and just get in there and just tear the enemy up. No, no. They said, start worshiping God. Start magnifying God. And the Bible says as, the, as Israel started worshiping God and praising God, the enemy heard a sound that it sounded like an army that was coming, like many thousands of horses yes. coming down. They got so freaked out and so spooked, they started fighting with each other. Yes. By the time the Israelites got to the, to the place, every soldier, those three armies, they, were all, they killed themselves. They were all dead. And all, what did Israel do? They just picked up the plunder for three full days. I want to say this to you this morning. The battle's the Lord's and the victory's ours. No matter what disease, no matter what weakness, no matter what, what financial setback may be happening in your life, God's bigger than that. God's bigger than the weakness. God's bigger than those things that are seemingly over, trying to overcome you and attack you. God's bigger than the storms. Back with the story when they were in the, on the boat and they were trying to get to the other side. They said, Jesus, you care that we perish? And he said, peace be still to the storm. Yes. Peace, be still. peace be still. Who? Was God behind that storm? Uh, no, he wasn't. Because Jesus only do, does the things that he sees his father do. do. And so who was, it, who was in that storm? It was the enemy. The enemy was, was producing the storm to get them in fear, to keep them from moving forward. And see, listen, some of you are trying to move forward in God. 
thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. We never like to end our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you died right now and you don't know if you'd make it to heaven, just pray this prayer with me. Just say this after me. Say, Dear Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I'm trusting you for my life today. I'm, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you got born again. And so we would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website at www.exceedlifechurch.org. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, you can also go on the, our website and um, put that prayer request in. We believe that God will, will hear your prayers and answer your prayers. Again, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless you. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.